Anyway, that got personal. What are you doing here? Well, I don't know, but I sent you guys a photo in chat. I know, and I've ignored it because I'm tired of getting that. Crap you're sending me. I was gonna say. Uh, I was gonna say wait. that. Wait, what is it? What is this? What it's, is this photo? It's a Doctor Evil dog. <laughs> a freaking bone. It's any flea. Did I mention I follow the Big Dogs account on Twitter? <laughs> I I have thoroughly enjoyed all the content that you've shared this far. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's, <laughs> someone it appreciates me, me. I I look at it and I think, why? What? Well, I think Fair. like <clears throat> I think like um after Well but like with big dogs I I used to associate that with with Jesse in a way. Well, well yeah, yeah, I actually I wore a lot of big dog clothing for a while. Oh yeah. Sure. Sure, but not like I was a beefy boy. All right. You wear big dogs like like no, it's like it was just a funny thing like big dogs, big hessy and um it was just a thing. It wasn't just but, a funny so, thing. It was literally because I was large framed and they made clothes but, that fit me. But the the funniest thing is that it's it's come full circle and their <laughs> posts, the big dog posts are Jesse. They are. Humor. It's like I'm running their public relations. <laughs> yeah, are you are you running their account, Jesse? I might. Are we sure that you're not? Oh, it's like what's funny is I'm pretty approve. sure like Scrolling through a lot of this stuff they made, I'm pretty sure all of it is like vintage. Like these are their original things from the '90s. Yeah, this it looks it looks vintage. Like there That's was a Backstreet Boys one, you know, Austin Powers. I just imagine someone sending you like a lot of mock-ups of this, and like you get three or four, and you're like, this one, go with this one. <laughs> <laughs> you find, and, you're, and you're thinking like, what will make Kyle? You got me. You nailed it. And they're like, that's the one. Mm-hmm. And then some guy... Okay, or, well, or, Kyle, why don't you uh, explain this one for our listeners? All right, so this is a picture of the Spice Girls as dogs. And we got Harry Spice... But it's not like Spice. an insulting thing. This is like inspirational. Ginger Spice. It's just... I believe you mispronounced just, Ginger Spice. Could you try again? G- ginger, g- ginger Spice. Thank you. And uh, <laughs> it's just... It just sucks, man. <laughs> it just sucks, dude. This is the worst. You know what I mean? Like you, some things you look at and your eyes are like, okay, you know, but that just make that just sucks. That's like hey, when you ruin on. a meal you try really hard on or something, and then you eat it and you just feel back. You're just like, man, I burnt this. This costs money and time, but you eat it anyway. And you're like, this sucks. But yeah, it really does look like all of these were made in the li- the nineties. There's the Fraser one oh, that wait, I sent you guys. How, how long the, do you think it takes the to do? The fine check is nineteen ninety nine, or I can't quite. Oh right, in you're right. It. There's a copyright on there. It says like ninety eight, I think. Yeah, it's ninety eight. Spice, Spice Girls were around ninety seven, ninety eight, so that makes wow. sense. Wow, <laughs> the Fraser <laughs> one is also nineteen ninety eight. What a terrible year. They're just digging up their 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 golden oldies. Is is it is that the same people? Look, that make hey man, Big, big Dogs. Shirt? Big Dogs is ahead of the game. They've been memeing since the nineties, man. I mean, Dude, they're like right. they're like the Jimmy's Chicken Shack of the meme world. <laughs> Here's the way thing. ahead of their time. I have two Jimmy's Chicken way Shack ahead. albums. Way ahead. <laughs> All right. All right. Oh, I do have two Jimmy's Chicken Shack albums. That's great. All right, I want to. You've zeroed in on my oeuvre, Alex. (laughs) 
Can we, can we agree, though, that the same person that animated these big dog shirts was the same person that animated the Big Johnson shirts? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's... I'm not familiar with the Big Johnson a, shirts. <laughs> yeah, you are. Got me in the same... In I'm the not. Same it may have to do with the fact that I have a small Johnson. <laughs> production team. I don't deny that. You know what Big Johnson... You remember the Big Johnson shirts, Jesse? I don't. Look, you'd be yeah, going you on vacation, and there'd be in the window of some, uh, of some, like, uh... Souvenir store, they they would always be selling Big Johnson shirts. Well, well you see, I wasn't allowed like, out of the house until I was like nineteen. That's probably why I never saw those. Did you ever go to Turtle Creek Mall in Hattiesburg? I lived in Turtle Creek Mall. So they had them in stores everywhere. So here's the thing. So all it is is essentially a skinny little dude, and he always has some kind of like like big fake old penis. Yeah. Yeah. Like this one's just the first one I found. It's like he, his 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 uh member is a big like fire hose. And then there's a girl who's very voluptuous who's interested in his uh in his Johnson. This, uh, this just, just doesn't just, sound like the sort of place I would frequent. It's just awkward. <laughs> well, it is No, though. literally literally never seen dog. anything similar to that. No. That's full. You're full of crap. Yeah, you have. <laughs> I haven't. I don't know. I don't know what to That's tell fun. you. This does look like, though... Uh, it takes two hands the to this wax a big There was a comic artist who did stuff very similar to this back in the 90s. He was a Marvel artist was, for a while. I, I think I remember one where, like... And he did a bunch a of sombrero. PSM <laughs> magazine covers. Uh, the sombrero? What are you talking the, about? Any guy's got a sombrero and, like... The girl is drinking a margarita or something, and she's like, it's, it's something about, like, the tequila, and he's like, you gotta eat the worm or something, and it's yeah. got, like, a giant grub. Yeah, this yeah. is very stylized. I'm trying to remember the name of this artist. He was with Marvel. He did a bunch of PSM covers. Ryan Kinnaird was him. Let me Google him real quick. The one I always remember, Alex, is, like, the one oh. where he's laying down under, like, a cloth, but his but it's, mm. like, a tent, and it says something about, like, pitching a tent. Okay. Mm. It was terrible. You know, as I look uh, at these, it kind of looks like the Rugrats animator, kind of. Like the same. I, guys, I got an update on Ryan Kinnaird. The dude went full porno. Oh! So. I don't. Maybe well, don't Google the, Ryan Kinnaird. I don't even know how to spell that. <clears throat> it's phonetic. It's pathetic? It's phonetic. Oh, I, I, I can't spell it. I'm He's from Phoenicia. Uh, C-A-N-N-E-R-D. Canard. Ryan? K-I-N-N-I-I-R-D. Still good. The first, oh, the first yeah, link is, the first link that comes up in Google is his DeviantArt account. That's never a good sign. Yeah, that's, you stay away. Yeah, he is not, uh, I believe, a current. I think it's what you call selling out. Man, it is, he's really good though. I don't know. I used to like his stuff well, back in the 90s. Some things make more money than the others. <clears throat> That's the world we live in. I feel like I'm looking at his illustrations, and I feel like Smash Mouth should be playing. <laughs> Smash Mouth's always playing. I heard Smash Mouth twice today on the 90s station at um, Spotify at work. It was a good day. It was a good day. I, I love that the world has kind of come back around on Smouth Mouth. Smouth Mouth? On Smouth Mouth. On Smouth Mouth. Jesse, uh, get that big dog out I of your mouth. Come out of mouth. <laughs> I think he just acted out of Big Johnson. Yeah, really, that, that shouldn't have been as funny as it was, but dear Lord, it was. <laughs> oh. 
if I if I Google Smurf Mirth, what do I get? <laughs> oh, Google Smouth Mash. Smouth <laughs> Mash, you're an all star. Uh, right. escape, escape from Flavortown shows up. I just keep getting recipes for smooth mashed potatoes. <laughs> Silky smooth mashed potatoes. Oh. Wait, is this the show? Are we going to do Mary Kondo or is this the show now? I thought. Oh my gosh. I think I think this all aligns with Marie Kondo and not what she stands for. <laughs> yeah, I think you're probably right. <clears throat> uh, we could talk about it. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm prepared to talk about that. I watched two episodes of Marie Kondo. Uh, cool, cool. Are we cool. gonna do an intro? You gonna do an intro or anything, or are we or are we way past that at this point? Hi everyone, I'm Jesse, <laughs> and I am joined by Alex May. Hello. And Kyle Mathis. That's me. And we're here to talk about Marie Kondo. Uh, I'm not sure. The only thing. No, hang on. Actually, I got something else I want to talk about. Public service. <laughs> okay. Public. Okay, depressing. we have a public service announcement. Okay, from I Kyle have Mathis. to say this because I'm really depressed about this. Oh no. This is seriously messing me up. So. uh... I have pretty long hair right now, and uh, it's already like it's already it's already like too thin for it to be long anyway. It looks pretty trashy, but I'm just holding on to it. And I tried a new shampoo. And public service announcement: announcement, This is terrible. Don't use a shampoo. It's called uh, Big by Lush. It's called Big Dog. Big Dog. (laughs) That's the joke. No, it's called Big by Lush. And I used it like twice, and I feel like half of my hair fell out. So I'm pissed. It took, yeah, because it took like a year to like grow my hair out. Now I'm like, I guess my. But hold up. Look. Here's the here's the main question, Kyle. When you held that hair like in your hands, did you feel like a connection? Did it make you happy, or like, did you like? I, did it spark I, joy? I was in the shower. It spark joy, yes. I was in the shower and I took it out of my hands and I said, I kissed it and I said, Thank I don't need you. to hear the rest of the story. And no then, wait, no, nope. the rest of the one, nope. one detail, one more detail. Did you make it go down the drain, or did you stick it to the shower wall? Because um. <laughs> there's a, you know, I always, if my hair's falling out, I stick it to the shower wall. You know, that's that's how you got to do it. You're disgusting. And um, but my hair didn't actually fall out in my hands. I just like two, like a week later, I was like, what the heck? My scalp is abundantly clear right now, and my hair and my scalp is on fire. What the hell's going on? And then it made sense because, like, the shampoo is, like, 90% sea salt or something and lime juice. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm an idiot. <laughs> Well, you sh- basically, you washed your hair with a margarita, and you sort of sort of should have seen that coming. Yeah, this is my fault. But here's yeah. the thing. They, they say it has, like, coconut oil on it, so I was like, it'll be, it'll mm. balance. Did Jimmy Buffett make your shampoo? Some a freaking con man <laughs> made my shampoo. But I th- I'm throwing that crap away. Because um, now I'm, like, full on, like, Steven Seagal, and it's like worse, and it's just bad. Anyway, so I may have long hair when I see you, guys, see you, Alex, in a couple weeks if I get to see you, or I may have short hair. It's gonna, we're gonna see what happens. I'm gonna take like a lot of collagen and just see what happens. <laughs> uh, who and knows? What else, what else do people take for for those kinds of Biotin? things? They take biotin, I guess, as well. Yeah. Oh yeah, the collagen, the, and and well, and also what is it? Uh, Essential oils? Rogaine. They take Rogaine. Well, see, here's the thing about Rogaine. Essential oils? I thought about Rogaine, but then I read, like, for Rogaine, like, the first two weeks, it, like, 
makes your weakest hair fall out. And I was like, I don't have that much yeah. to spare. Plus, my hair's long. Wait, you know what's weird about Rogaine is that it was it was initially um, being tested because uh, based on the pharmacokinetics and the actual mechanism of how it's metabolized in your body, they were testing it for. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was going to be a, a blood pressure medicine. Huh. And Crap. it ended up, it, it was something related to the heart. Oh, it I must bl- like increase blood flow to your follicles or something. This then. is the Viagra story. I, I believe it was, I believe it was, uh, I believe it was blood pressure related, but it ended up having the overwhelming side effect, you know, uh, in, in, a, in, a, in a vast majority of participants in all these studies of this hair growth. And so they, uh, you know, jumped the tracks and uh, kind of rebranded it, and then the FDA approved it for a completely other purpose. So that's kind of a strange thing, but... Interesting you know, Rog- Rogaine fact. Uh, if you sure. use it on your beard space, it makes that hair fall out. <laughs> what? Did you try that, Jesse? No, I just read about it. I, I oh. made it's it's entirely possible I was investigating ways to possibly make my beard grow, but I read a big post that was like, "Don't do Rogaine." Tried it. <laughs> yeah, I have really patchy like my my sides of my beard and my cheeks don't grow in very well. I have I have very patchy hair. I got very patchy hair as well. I have, um, but mine is well. First of all, just because I have crappy facial hair and it's all like these uh, completely segregated islands of hair like uh, it, if i grow my facial hair out too much I, I it's have a like little a depth natural, you know well, i have a natural like prince beard yeah it's like, it's like mustache isolated from the chin dude isolated mustache is the way to go man but it's a good isolated look. mustache is the name of my guided by voices cover band <laughs> good this is i i love this i'm so, gonna go no, see him the mercy the weird thing no the weird thing though was that I have uh I have a condition known as alopecia areata where unlike regular mm, you can't alopecia, grow hair on your nipples. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Wish I had that problem. It, actually if only. But uh <laughs> I uh I I don't have alopecia corpora or whatever it's called where your whole body goes uh bald like every single hair follicle rejects the hair. Mine is only perfect circles randomly here and there, usually at the, the back of my hairline. And so right now I have two nice bald spots on the back of my hairline. And I didn't know, and I, when the first time it cropped up, I had got some steroid injections and they went away and my bald spots grew back and all this good stuff, whatever. And um, <clears throat> I didn't realize that I had a nice, perfect circular bald spot on my face because I just never let my facial hair grow out. And then... Uh, like last year, not, well, I guess it was in 2017 at the end of the year, I was going to grow my mustache out for November and the left side of my mustache was like really weak looking and just like only halfway growing out. I'm like, what the hell is this? Like, what, why am I not being able to grow this mustache? Like half of it looks so lame. And, um, it, it, it's not only not connected to the rest of my facial hair, it's like really, really not connected. And, um, yeah, so I let the rest of it grow around in that area and there was like, you could tell there was a perfect little demarcated circle right there of hair loss. And, hmm. but I don't, I don't, 
I didn't feel like getting steroid injection in my actual face, so I just let it go. Dude, you this got is, like crop circles in your body. This is funny because my my facial hair actually like is a gradient where it's a much lighter color at the top. It's closer to the color of my hair, and then it gets darker as you go down. So my chin is actually pretty like super dark brown, but like my sideburns and my mustache are very very light colored. So I look like I have this really weak mustache, but I have to grow like a porn stash for you to see like any little bit of my mustache. If you grew a long beard, like, once your beard was, like, four inches long, it'd be pitch black. And it would yeah. be. It could be. <laughs> it would be, yeah. That's the way my eyebrows grow, actually. Like, if you were to pluck one of my eyebrows down near the root, it's really, really light colored, and then at the tip, it's pitch black. That is weird. So I look That's like I have, like, these dusty brown eyebrows, but it's really just because it's a bunch of different colors. Mm-hmm. I'm so getting white eyebrows more and more. So we're all effed up, is what we're saying. Yeah. Yes. We were none of us were born beautiful. Ah. Damn no, it. I was born exquisite. I just feel like I've been on a downhill slope ever since. Whatever you say, big dog. Whatever you say. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't have anything else to add to that. <laughs> I'm really glad. Of, I'm, I'm really glad we had this discussion about Marie Kondo. Me too. We got next time. Well, wait, what's our topic next week? <laughs> We can either hope, we can either talk about Marie Kondo for the next thirty minutes, or we can skip it and save her for next week. I we think I've got about, about thirty minutes worth of Marie Kondo in me. Go for it, go for it. Yeah, we can we can actually we can actually get on track now if if uh, if, if you guys if well, I'm ready. Our topic for today is Marie Kondo. Marie Kondo is an organizational expert from Japan who's been around for a few years, but she's recently become very popular because of her Netflix TV show, which is Tidying Up with Marie Kondo. Uh, I've watched quite a few. I've watched like six episodes of it, and uh, I actually read her book a few years ago when it first sort of got translated into English. I think that's when it did. Anyway, uh, were you guys able to watch some of it? Alex, you go. Me, um... I have... Oh, look. Did I turn on my video? Well, that lasted about 10 seconds. <laughs> we were able to talk about Marie Kondo. All right, I'll go. I'll go. So, you missed your chance. Go for it. Well, I'm, I, okay. Yes. <laughs> I took a snapshot. I, I'm Alex up. took a snapshot. That was fun. Of your foot. All right, so, uh, Marie, mm. uh, so, so I noticed that her book, her book is uh, <laughs> sold tons. Right, right. And uh, uh, Courtney had actually received... Uh, uh, a copy of her book is like a gift like several months ago before the TV show. I watched two episodes and I watched in a very weird fashion. I watched the episode about the woman who lost her husband first. And oh. then, uh, and then I watched the first episode about the, the young couple with the two kids and outside of like the people, I'm not going to talk about the young people couple with the two kids is like half the episodes of that show. Okay. Gotcha. Well, I only saw those two. Um, so that's, that's my experience. I think I get the gist of it. And uh, I feel like I could speak right. to These, like That's all cool. reality shows, this show is very formulaic. Like, every episode yes. is kind of the same thing. She covers the same topics. They go through the same process. And the show is actually, I think, I feel like like all reality shows, it's more about the people than her actual process. Because right. she's not, right. she's in the show less than the people she's helping, you know? Yeah, her process is, uh, is, is very, very simple. Right. And I think that's one of the reasons it's so popular. 
Um, because she's, I mean, she's essentially, I want to say selling, even though she doesn't seem like she's selling anything, but I mean, she is, but. Oh, she um, definitely is. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's something everybody wants, which is to be clean and tight. There's also kind of like a Marie Kondo multi-level marketing thing where you can be a certified Marie Kondo tidy expert and you can be hired out to go to people's houses and help them. Wow. I wouldn't be shocked. Real quick, Kyle, it, uh. Is there a version of the book, or is it the book where there's like uh, robots? uh, No, there's like a little (laughs) inside of it. Like oh, I I didn't look through Courtney's book. Maybe I I mean she looked through it. I don't remember seeing drawings, but I'm sure that there there are. There was a there was a book I can't remember, and it might have been just from the same time frame from when I very very first heard about her stuff. But there was a book about organizing things and whatnot. And it like, had all of these little drawings. I don't recall any drawings yeah. when I so, read it. So, About, so, okay. they, they were like this quasi cutesy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that is drawing. I read a along. Kindle version though, so it just may not have had the drawings. So, so the book that I'm talking about is like her main book, "Life Changing Magic of Tidying Up: The Japanese Art of Decluttering and Organizing." Then there's a book that is the life changing manga of tidying up a magical story that's what it is and that's, that is what that's what you're envisioning i don't what know i'm it. talking about i saw that in a bookstore and i think it was in i think that's probably when we went i actually maybe i saw that in the bookstore in savannah yeah it, it's essentially like a little cutesy anime graphic novel of how that you say that i see it online right now yeah yeah it's, it's essentially that like it looks like it just tells kind of the stories as you know, cartoons of what you Hawaii. I yeah, sure. Whatever that means. It is. It is. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I at first when I first saw saw her go through her process, which is a uh, very basic. It seems like I, I kind of laughed when she just gets on the. She's looking around because like when she's kind of like just walking around in a small area to like find a space in the house to not pray, but like soak in the energy of the house or whatever. and like Greet speak the, to house. the house. What she does is greet she the greets house. the house. Right. I kind of laughed about that. Not because I was like disrespecting her thing, but it reminded me of my dog has to go to the bathroom. Because <laughs> like, like she just walks around and then she finds like the same spot. I'm like, wait, just here's good. Like, what are you doing? You walked around the same spot three times. Uh, but anyway, she does that and on the show they, you know, they make that a moment, which it is. I mean, like, look, Here's the things that are always going to be, like, a good thing for people to do. Clean your damn house and, like, meditate. It's uh, Just take a moment This to do is less of a meditation thing. So what you get more from the book than from the TV show is, uh, I think we talked about this for a sec, there is a religious aspect to her method. There's, like, a Japanese yeah. Shinto religious aspect uh, sure. Uh, sure. to it that they don't really cover in the TV show. And part of that is the personification of uh, inanimate objects. And I call it personification, but in the religion, it's, of course, every object has a spirit, everything. There is a spirit of the house. When you go to the house, you are greeting the household and and basically giving respect. And I think this show actually does a disservice by not giving, and maybe I missed it and it does, but it makes it seem really, a little goofy because it never explains yeah, what she's actually doing. They should doing. get like just a five or ten minute segment of like, hey, this is what the hell she's doing. It's like a religion. I mean, like as you go, you pick up like when she starts like punching books to wake them up, you're like, okay, this yeah, is like a monk kind of thing. The the editing of the show kind of treats it as like an OCD or a goofy thing and it doesn't like discuss yeah. why she's doing what she's doing. 
Yeah, I think well, that, I think that could be that could be put across better. But right. another thing, another thing was that like on social media, <clears throat> you know, whenever it was like really on like a part of every third meme that you would see online, and it was just all over the place just a couple weeks ago, just blanketing the internet, you know, a, a, a huge swath of the the internet. Um, it did it it, it it always was portraying it in a extreme fashion at so much as it was like trying to portray it as like this practice of extreme minimalism and just getting rid of everything that's unnecessary and which is not what, what it is no and that's yeah i was talking to tiffany about it because she's She's looked into it a lot more than I have, and she was like, no, that's not really what it's about. It's more about just organizing things and... It's about know, making like, your space more livable at the end of it. Yeah. Like, that's what it's really about. Yeah, and it is. She's like, it's more about the organization. It's about more. It's more about these these practices that you put into place, and it's not so much about just minimalism and extreme minimalism. Like, people people kind of portrayed it like that up front, like, oh, I'm getting rid of everything and everything that doesn't spark joy, I'm throwing it all away. And it's like, yeah, you know, there is an aspect of that. But I think that that's what jumps out to Americans a lot. Like, oh, my God, you're making me get rid of my thing. Yeah, just because yeah. Americans are not used to people saying, maybe you should have less stuff. Yes. Well, exactly, it's, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it, it's that. And it's also and something that I kind of took away from it that I thought was, like, very positive because... Because we as Americans and just in general, we treat our material things just kind of like garbage, right? Like we have so much stuff. And because of her, you know, religion or whatever, it really elevates your stuff to something that is a part of you. It serves you. It gives it a little bit of life. And so for me, like the things I actually did was I went through my, I haven't done all of the stuff, but I went through my clothes and then I also like whenever I did my last laundry, I actually folded my clothes very tightly. And everything, and actually doing that, and kind of like looking at my clothes, like like this isn't a pain to do, like to fold my shirts and stuff and kind of organize them. This is actually like a very relaxing moment in my day if I just sit here and do the same little thing over and over and do it like with with some sort of um, you know accuracy or precision. Yeah. It actually really leveled me out in a good way. It's like it's right. cathartic type thing. It's a yeah. it's a nice it's a nice thing to get yourself. In, in like a in just a rhythm get yourself outside of your mind but you know to me this practice that you're describing you and Jesse both describing pretty well as far as uh, respecting your things and it's not so much that you're just like getting rid of everything or whatever but and it's not so much just a a, a plain Jane approach to like organization it it has that Shintoism, yeah, uh, so, epic, but to where you're, where you're, you're, uh, you're giving respect in a way to each and every one of the belongings. Right. Therefore, you are. It, it's like you want to have fewer things so that you can honor them and and keep them in, in the way that you know they they ought to be according to that. And if you cannot honor that, you pass them along to someone who can. Exactly. And then, but you know, it reminds me of you know <clears throat> what little i understand of hinduism and their their thought towards like food and cuisine because we have uh you know a lot of people who would just especially 
in Jesse and I's high school days who go like, don't y'all just worship cows? And it's like, oh, no, Lord. you don't. They, they, they don't worship cows. It's just that every single thing that they're going to eat, they hold it with such respect and honor that each and everything that they know is the source of their nutrition is, is, is like held like to, to such a high regard. It's something that our culture knows nothing about. And therefore, when we see it, we think that they're worshiping, you know, right. This cow. And, and same thing when people see that, when Americans see these things, uh, in Japanese culture, sometimes they'll be like, oh, you're worshiping your dead relatives. And it's like, no, you're just holding them in a high regard. You're remembering them. You're honoring them. You're, yeah. you're cherishing them with each of these little particular steps that you do and these practices that you have. And it's, it, it's not something <clears throat> that is, you know, it's like if you come from, like a monotheistic culture or like, or it's, you know, just, I think the role that religion plays in Western culture, we think of anything religion related as worship or anything spiritual related as worship. But in Eastern cultures, there's this idea of spirituality outside of like a worship or, or a God or things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Like for me, for me, what this made me, me think of is I feel like I've received kind of this mantra or message but i received it in a very negative tone growing up from like my grandparents and parents our older generations um was more like the message i would get was like you kids don't appreciate anything right like you've heard that so many times but like from from like the american situation it always came from a a place of like scarcity of some kind of product or tool like created its value and here it's a little bit different because like no matter how much you have, like this religion or or spiritual practice puts the value on it. So I think it's like if you if you take it out of spirituality and you put like a spin on it of negative scarcity or whatever, the mm-hmm. message of your materials you should you should think about your materials in a positive light is a good thing because what we often tend to do is like when we get a lot of stuff, it's just stuff and I have clutter and it's just crap and uh, in a lot of ways it can become that. But I think this really like kind of changed my mind a little bit to think about uh, to think of my stuff as something more positive rather than things that just collect and build up. And then I got to purge and then I got to go buy some more stuff and then I got to purge. Um, so that that's kind of like some tones that and hit on me. I actually think that's where the show sort of falls apart is that it shows these people decluttering their lives and, and going through this <clears> process, <throat> which works and is very good. But the problem is, is that. And it's not necessarily a problem with the show because the show's only 20 minutes long or something like that. Like, it's, yeah. it does not go into as, it's meant to have you go read the book if you're interested in. Yeah, in it's stuff. like. Yeah. But even in the book, there's a sense of this is how we tidy up and clean up, but there's no, this is how we don't get back to the same place again. This is how yeah. we fix the root yeah, problem. That's a very good that color. Like, yeah. this is how we address, like, the, psychological issues you have around clutter because some of the like there are some people in the house yes in particular some people who are not very successful with the method like there's this one couple that goes through it and yes they did get rid of about half their stuff but still half their garage is full of boxes uh half it's it's the couple with the uh the indian lady and the white guy 
And there's still quite a lot of clutter when they leave. And you look at that and you get, okay, two years from now, they're going to be in the exact same place. Because well, yeah, they can get rid of the things that don't spark joy. But if they don't address the fact that they are clinging to things unnecessarily because they have some, there's some sort of attachment in their mind. There's some sort of like psychological hook that's causing them to attach to these things. If you don't address that, it's not going to go away. I agree with you, but I think everything in life has like a method to it where even if you don't get to the psychological point, if you just practice or you like stick to That's a true. method, you, it kind I agree. Of, your, your psychology can change over time with it. But I agree with you that. But that's the thing. Her method she, is tidying up. Her method is not do this every day yeah, to prevent yourself from right. becoming no, clutter. She does not come in and, and like <clears throat> coach them. Like, this is why you're failing. You know, there's no like ever moment where, and obviously, I mean, she speaks Japanese. I don't know if that's part of it. But uh, she doesn't come in and says like, you know, all right, you fixed it. I, I think of she like comes shows in, where to, grabs a chair from the kitchen, spins it around backwards. Yeah, I think it shows like Gordon says, Ramsay. Listen up, pal. Yeah, <laughs> like Gordon Ramsay, where he's like, "All right, we, we saved your restaurant, but now you got to like really change everything to make this happen." It's not bad, <laughs> but I think that people on the show essentially, like the two episodes I saw, it feels I think like the majority like, hey, of them really are people who just got too cluttered, and they'll be yeah. fine. But I mean, I think once you do that, once you do it, you do realize to a point where you're like, man, if I if I spent more of my time on my stuff, tidying my stuff, and just doing this this maintenance in my living space, yeah, um, I wouldn't get there. But you know, and our there society are people who do address it, like that. without with like, there's an episode with a guy who has 150 pairs of sneakers, and oh my he, God. Uh, it is very difficult. He reduces that down to about 40, but the mm-hmm. process he goes through is like. He goes through this intense emotional process of getting rid of these sneakers, and that doesn't come from Marie Kondo. That is him, like, kind of manning up and facing his own obsession he has, and, like, these are things he was poor growing up, and these are things he envied when he was poor that he couldn't afford, and now that he has money, he wants them, and he, like, he's opening up these pair of sneakers that are, like, from 1998, and he's never opened them. They're still in the plastic, stuff like that. Yeah, that'd be hard to get. But it, it does feel like that guy went through like some shadow of darkness, some uh, yeah, valley of the shadow of death stuff yeah. to get rid of his shoes. But he did. Yeah. So it's, I look at like that a, guy and I feel like that that's a guy who's probably not going to repeat the problem. Yeah, and I, the woman who lost her husband, where she was like waiting to go through her dead husband's clothes to donate them to like Goodwill or something. Right. But that had nothing to do with Marie Kondo. It was like just at some point you're going to have to face this and do something with it. But I think that her. Again, her method, super easy. There's like Very three easy, parts. Yeah. Anyone can do it. And like I said, the goal is so easy because everyone, if you just ask anyone, don't you want your house to be tidy? Don't you want to have like a, a good, clean, minimal living space? Everyone says yes to that. So I think that's like really the secret behind her success. Um, it's interesting though that like like you guys were saying, it's more of like a spiritual thing. Like on Amazon, she's like number one right now, like spirituality, like in the spirituality yeah. section. Like I said, the book the <laughs> book is more about that. Yeah, it's it's like a spiritual book is how it's kind of sold and marketed. I, I also um, think how, this is why her method is not going to work for a lot of people because her method is. Uh, Start out by <laughs> to get in order to get rid of your things. Start by becoming more attached to your things. Yeah, like yes. personifying. Personify your things. Think of them as people. Get closer to it. And I think uh-huh. in general, yeah. uh, I I am not Shinto. I do not follow the Shinto beliefs or anything like that. But I generally think that if you personify an object, if you are treating an object with a respect, you're just going to take care of, better care of it. 
Right. And that like, is there's a, sort of a belief in yeah. Shintoism that if you honor the spirit of the thing, it will last longer because it's trying to take care of you in return or something along those lines. I'm probably getting that very wrong. But oh, for okay. me, on my side, it's like, yes, it's going to last longer because you're paying attention to it and you're taking care of it. Definitely. I, right. I, I, I see what you mean by that for like, right. 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, it's it's more like the scarcity thing where it's like, I should really appreciate what I have. And I'm if like, I got an old shirt that I don't wear and it's been there, I should give it away to someone who potentially could need it. Oh, gosh, just, that's the one that gets me, man. I got, I, got I, know. I, have shirt, I have a shirt that I got whenever I used to go with Dustin Kaufman to the, to the mall all the time. <laughs> and we would go to the arcade and Ooh, it was like, fun. I... I would spend half of my allowance at the arcade. We do whippets in the time crisis booth. <laughs> so this is whenever this is whenever <laughs> Dustin and I got the like I, I I bet you we had some I I wish that the online capabilities of that arcade machine for Gauntlet Legends were expanded <laughs> because I I swear I I that we had some sort of southeast record going on because. We were beating the the number two and number three people on on each front because I had wizard and warrior uh, characters and Dustin had archer and whichever else there was can't remember oh uh, Valkyrie and we were beating them by like the skull of the final boss next to our last name I probably had like X twenty four and the number two and three characters had like X six and X eight and stuff like that. We were killing it and I had that was such a great <laughs> memory in my life that we were oh. we were so on top. See we that sparking like, joy, man. That's yeah, why I keep my that amalgam att- that's why I, I keep my amalgam attempt t shirt around. <laughs> <laughs> well I bought this T shirt from uh from from underground one night when we were at the mall there during that time and uh that's the most 90s thing yeah the t-shirt from the underground the girl that sold it to me ended up being my manager at uh journeys whenever jaime and i worked there oh man and like she's my she's still my friend and and, and I, I, Tiffany See, that's, a, that's a shirt I, you want to keep. Tiffany suggested that I make a quilt with it now. No. 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 Tell Tiffany no. <laughs> I, I have a number of, of crappy old t-shirts. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I actually think that's one of the things, the, the Indian lady who had a really, really hard time and didn't tidy up that well, uh-huh. Uh, that was part of her problem was like she was already so attached to her belongings and like so when Marie Kondo was like thank it for its service and throw it away she would be like thank you oh I want to keep it oh it's been so it's t-. like she would get that she was way too emotionally attached to stuff so I think yeah. there are certain people yeah. where that are going to come to Marie Kondo's type of method and it's just not going to work for them yeah, because like the, the, it, it approaches it from a very happy-go-lucky kind of, hi, we're here to clean up. Like, almost like when you walk into a room full of fifth graders when kindergarten's done, and you're like, okay, time to put your things away. Like, it, yeah. it's kind of expecting people to have that level of connection to their things, and some people are uh, very much do not. Yeah, and you well, know, just being, being behind a camera, these people are going to obviously, like, try harder. Right. They're gonna try harder, but you could tell like that that lady was really broken up about a lot of the stuff, the decisions they were having to make. Yeah, 
And she was yeah, also well, one of those people who had a bunch of clothes in storage that she'd never worn. Yeah, I would say I could give this book, I think, to any of my family members. And I don't think I have a lot of hoarders in my family. There's a couple of people come to mind where I'm like, they got too much crap. And I don't think any of them would do it. <laughs> just say, I'm just like, just be honest, like they would not do it. When it comes all. to clothes, man, I think I am incapable of being attached to more than a week's worth of clothes. Like I have more than a week's worth of clothes, but I can uh-huh. tell, I can only tell you about five or six outfits and then that's it. Yeah. I have like oh, yeah, I have like nine pairs of pants. I only know what three rotation. of them are. Yeah. Well, I I was thinking maybe I could take some of you know like uh, well especially I have some like old t-shirts from high school that you know are from like homecoming that or I don't actually yeah I I have the one from No More Darkness with that weird angel thing on the background on the I back have that and all one. That. I have the Lion King. <laughs> I, I do too. I do. So you, gotta get rid of that. you gotta get rid of that. I think those are ones you would get rid of. We, said, we set West Poe on fire. Okay, if you, if you like it. That sparks joy, Kyle. That does spark joy. Well, it sparks so much joy memory. it set West Poe on fire. Is a memory, like, just because you remember it, is that joy? Well, I don't, you know, I don't actually. Yeah, I, I'm not quite so connected to, to the high school shirts like that so much. The one, the underground shirt that I, the aforementioned underground shirt, uh, with the graffiti logo thing on the front of it that is like, if, if I could pull up a picture of it right now, Jesse would be like, oh, that shirt that I saw you in a if, thousand yeah. times. <laughs> I'm sure. It's, um, uh, it's, it's so it, I, I think actually, I can get rid of those other ones and keep the the underground one and and maybe if it comes down to it and I and I really need to pare down my things I was just having this thought that I could do a series of like pictures of me wearing this terrible shirt even though it look and I bought it when I was 14 I can still put it on. Hmm. And look does it look great? Lucky you. It doesn't look <laughs> great but it but it but it goes on. I, I, well, I can still I, wear I, my I, shirts, but they're big dog shirts, so I don't think that. Did that spark joy, by the way? Oh, that sparks a lot of joy. So let's let's take a moment and go through what the KonMari method actually is, because uh, it actually has these four or five levels that are kind of based around sections of the house or things you need to tidy up. So I'm going to go over that for a quick minute, and then we're going to talk about what uh, KonMari has done in our lives. So she starts with organizing clothes, which includes shoes and things like that. And what she has you do is take out all the clothes, place them on a bed or a table or something along that, and go through each, and I mean all your stuff, take it out, and put each, go through each item one by one, hold it in your hands, and decide whether it sparks joy. And we've talked a little bit about that. The TV show doesn't really tell you what that means. It just means like... You know, sure. how do you feel about does this? Does this make you happy? Do you have a relationship with this item that you want to continue? And if you don't, set it aside, and that's something that's going to be donated. Um, so you start like that with clothes, and then you move on to uh, what else is it? The garage, I think. Book, and then it, like it's books and um, oh yeah, books and uh, books and toys. 
It's like books and like other uh, material book. things like that. Yeah, it's which... like it, then you move into the living space. Basically, the clothes is yeah. considered your bedroom. Then you move into the living spaces, and you can tell that this whole system is Japanese because they they then turn around and say kitchen and miscellaneous, as if the kitchen isn't going to be yeah, like the biggest room in the house. <laughs> <laughs> and you can tell as she's walking through all these American people's houses, and every time she walks into the kitchen, she's like, oh my gosh, how much do you eat? Like, why is this room so big? Yeah. And they're like, oh yeah, and we have a pantry that's like, it's as big as our master bedroom. Yeah, the, right the, over here. the east wing of the house <laughs> is actually our Cheerio room. <laughs> and, uh... It's our couponing. It's our couponing surplus room. Yeah, and that yes. that also include like they lump the kitchen and the garage together, which is as terrible. if that's not going like to be these two separate massive projects. Like a so two month, two month project. Yeah, that's yeah. that's another thing you have to know about the the process. So um, that's sort of steps through, but you follow that same idea. You touch each thing, decide whether you want to keep it. Uh, Alex, have you guys implemented any of the Conmarie method in your life, in your house, in your soul? You know, we are look. We are in the process of moving in, and our house is. Oh in yeah, you just bought a new right house, now. so you're in shambles. Yes, we we the, it's very it's very scattered right now. It looks like crap. It's better than it was yesterday. It will be a little bit better tomorrow, but it still looks like crap. Uh, I have a clothes hamper that's filled up with my shoes. Right, it, 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 it's it, it's, and I'll I'll turn the the camera around so that you see that I'm terrible for a podcast, though, Alex. Yeah, uh, I know, but <laughs> no, we can but see. Okay, like, I see. I, it, yeah, it's, it's ah, a box of shoes. It doesn't really require. I mean, there's not a lot of. of like, you can just 10, say it's a big box of shoes. shoes. No, it's probably fifteen pairs of shoes, and I I probably on regular basis wear four of them, and yeah, I and when you're saying that, I'm like crap. I really do have to get rid of some of these shoes. Like I <laughs> really, about, really, though, really do got to do it. it. You don't have to get rid of everything. It's just you gotta find out what you really like. That's it. Like, if, if you have a touch, if you touch a pair oh. of those shoes and you love them yeah. so much that you and don't you even wear, wear them, like put a glass case around them and mount yeah. them in your living room. If you never wear them again, you just really like them. You can totally keep them. Yeah. Like it's not a, like Stick a, them on a shelf. thing where yeah, it's fine. Display them. Well, but you know, it's just one of those things. And look, I and and I have. I also have a nice leather duffel bag filled to the brim. (laughs) (laughs) That bag is bursting with shoes. Oh, that cow's about to give birth, Alex. And it has my Pokemon hat on top. That heifer's about to burst. The hat is is not going anywhere, but it's not a Pokemon hat. No, I love that hat. Hold on, that's that's the wave, and I absolutely love that hat. But it's pixelated. It's, it's pixelated. pixelated. It reminds me of the piece of art that hung up in J5 for forever. That's why I got it, dude. Right. You know Andrew Gloss still has that? Does he really? In I5, he still has that. And I, I, I went over to his apartment. I said, dude, you still live in I5? This was like three weeks ago. And he said, yeah. And I said, you've, you've, you've just stayed here since you lived here with Jesse. And he said, yeah. And I'm like, I mean, rent's got to be great. Where have I been? Like I can't believe he's been there. Yeah. Okay. He's so the there. name of this artwork is the Great Wave off Kanagawa. It's a famous Japanese painting. If you're wondering what's yes. on Alex's hat, yeah, yeah you would know it, it if you it, saw it. My version right. on my hat. Yeah, my version on my hat looks like eight bit. You know, it's like it's pretty cool. Really, really, really low res. And uh, so it's whatever. But 
the the painting that the the adaptation that we're talking about is an eighties uh it's an eighties drawing slash painting that uh was digitized and I read the story about that that piece of art. It was uh actually done by hand. It looked like it was digital recreation. The it, it was called the Wave of the Future and it's the wave or the great wave or whatever right. and it's coming across in the perfect Japanese style and then it starts to transform into this pixelated version and it turns into a wireframe that has the quasi 3D look and then it transforms once again into you know this pixelated version and goes into the uh more of the traditional painting looking style yeah, and it's really we cool. had um, we had that uh, apartment for a million years, <laughs> and it was uh, so awesome. And yeah, so anyway, that's that's a little side shoot, but yeah, I saw it just the other day for the first time in a million years, and I freaked out. But um, yeah, all that to say, I got to get rid of some damn shoes. Yeah. So you didn't so, do so you did you didn't do anything for the Marie Kondo steps though, or did absolutely you? Absolutely nothing. So, uh, Kyle, Not what did no. you manage? Okay. To do? I. Not I <laughs> I've only done um, clothes myself. Courtney did her clothes, and I just have a pile of clothes on the floor right now. Um, Courtney has a couple of bags, and I think we will probably do uh, the other parts at some point. But Courtney and I actually like about once a year, and we've we've moved around a pretty good bit um, over the years. So we we go through that process as well, where you're moving and you're digging through all this crap, and you say, "All right." Come on, I haven't seen this in a year. We're getting rid of this. Right, I feel like um, I drop a lot of stuff every time I move. Yeah, so, but every, about every year we try to go through each room and everything and, and go in and say, all right, Courtney, you haven't used this in a year. Kyle, you haven't used this in a year. Do you really need this? And we kind of do something like that anyway, but we definitely don't respect what we're doing. And we don't, and it's not a therapeutic experience. It's more of a stressful experience. So I think... We will probably oh, try yeah. to do the rest is, is more of like a peaceful kind of experience, which is like just a good thing to think. Like, I'm going to do this respectfully and try to enjoy it. Um, but my clothes, like I said, whenever I did my clothes and my laundry, I actually uh, really enjoy doing my laundry. Whenever I took the things that, that I liked and like uh, I washed them or whatever, I actually really enjoyed folding. I, I folded them all up, put them in the, a nice arrangement in my closet. And it looks really good. So um, folding, I think, has been what has affected my family the most from the Comrie method, and it's the one thing that I can re- recommend across the board to absolutely any way anyone. Her method of folding makes so much sense. It's, it's amazing. So smart. It's the best way to do it, and it's one of those things where once you start doing it, you're like, why in the world has anyone been doing anything else? Like this has been. Yeah. This should have been the way people have been folding clothes for 200 like, years whenever i searched whenever i searched the the little manga thing it was basically a hundred different iterations of the folding diagram all right <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like that's apparently really popular like yeah, yeah. you can you can stuff. look that up for a more detailed explanation but basically it's folding your clothes your i'm going to use shirts as an example folding your shirts yeah. in such a way that you can see when you open a drawer, you see every single shirt that's in the drawer. You can see the right. color. You can see which, like if you have a bunch of black shirts with different graphics, it's folded in such a way that you can see, okay, these are yeah. the black shirts. Here's the graphic. It makes it so much easier to select one of your shirts. Uh, it just makes a thousand percent more sense. And I don't know why 
we haven't been doing it literally for yeah, our whole lives. I, I, I've tried the past to like color code my clothes, like uh, like where I would say all, right, all my blue shirts I'm gonna put in a stack, all my red shirts put in a stack, things like that, and it never really held up. But this one, like, it, it's also one about like you, this was yeah, you see it, but it also is about like conserving space. So right. it just like well, it just feels so freaking good. And what I love about it is like if you want to wear if you want to wear a particular shirt, you don't have to move the shirts on top of it in order to get it. It's just there right. and you grab it. So you're not like unfolding an entire pile of clothes to get to the shirt your oh, wife yeah. told you she wants you to wear that day. Yeah, you pull it out and you just like kind of smush the other ones together and then it's just the it is the best uh the best situation. So yeah, I think that's probably it. I mean, I'm sure I'll probably find other other things um, <laughs> when we get to the other, other parts. I'm sure that we will. Like I so said, we're traveling soon, but I expect that we'll probably take it piece by piece on like a free Saturday or something and do it. But I, I suggest look try new things, and I suggest right. just trying it. And I mean, if you're into the spirituality stuff or not, it doesn't matter. You're still achieving a goal. It's very healthy. Yeah. For you, it, it's never like it, it's always going to be healthy. For you to clean up your freaking house <laughs> and right. get rid of stuff. Oh yeah. Uh, I will say the other way it's affected my family is uh, my wife has made about five hundred dollars selling stuff. Wow. So that that we have cleaned out of our house. So. I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, Tiffany. Tiffany is quite inspired by by your your wife. Uh, let me just, tell you. She said she was like Luzbik is just good at that kind of stuff. And I was like, yeah, she was like, no, she's like really good at that kind of stuff. And I was like, oh, okay, well, you should, uh, did you take any notes on it? (laughs) Because you suck at everything. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Uh, uh, And I I have one final point. Kyle, I think you were approaching a final point, though, so I want to let you go first. Oh, God. Um, Was I? I Oh, oh, no. I was going to say, finally, I'm proud of myself, though, because I made a prediction that uh, the the donations to Goodwill were going to go way up. And I saw an article yesterday that I sent you guys where it's like they've received five million more pounds of clothes. Suckers, you got to sell that. <laughs> In the past weeks. That's incredible. And I was like, yeah, okay, this is going to be a thing. As soon as I saw Netflix and uh, I've seen it kind of circulate, I was like, Goodwill is going to freaking break because all the, all the kids are out there getting rid of their clothes. Yeah. So my final point is, so we've covered how Marie Kondo's approach is not, hey, super minimalist, minimalist, throw all your stuff out. It's more about just like making the space you live in more livable. If you do want to throw everything out in your life, I recommend a book called Goodbye Things by Fumio Sasaki. So it's also a Japanese method, but it is very much where Marie Kondo's like, step one, greet your house. He's like, step one, sell your house. (laughs) <laughs> like he's, he is, oh, he's that guy, like, huh? Okay. Yeah, his his he is actually where people call Marie Kondo a minimalist. He's actually a minimalist, and uh, I think it's a lot a lot of the ideas he talks about are are very much like where Marie Kondo is like have this relationship with your things and respect them. He's like burn it all down, throw it away, get rid of it. Like yeah, you don't care. Does this thing help you? Does this thing make your life better? No, get rid of it. Do you like it? I, I don't care. And that's never going to be as popular because you have families and kids. That's unrealistic. Right. But Marie Kondo's is light enough and realistic enough, and it's like actually a healthy process. Like the thing that I no, saw that was like, oh god, she's going to Fumio Sasaki very much. The name of his book is Goodbye Things. Goodbye How Things. How great is that? But no, it's not that's, as it's not as like aggressive yeah. as I'm making it sound because I'm like summing an entire yeah. book. But it's it's a, sure. a very much about the the approach of like instead of 
what relationship do I have this object or does this make me happy? It's like, how is this object contributing to my life? Sure. Where that's, that's his approach to it. And I, I think it's also really interesting. So it's helpful. Whereas I think a method like that might help the people who have, are like really emotionally stressed about their stuff. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. I don't know. I've never been emotionally stressed about stuff, so. Yeah, I don't, nothing, none of my clothes actually spark joy. I just went through and was like. Boy, that might be the most privileged thing I've ever said in my life. I don't know. I've never been stressed out about stuff or things. <laughs> you're, so, you're so full of crap. I'm not, wor- I'm not worried about junk. Like, you know, like, there's more of it. <laughs> <laughs> so what is, what's next week? Because, I, I mean, another oh, yeah, show on Netflix to, I really uh, like is that is the Queer Eye show. We need to choose something I'm, for next week, and I'm not going to watch I'm, Queer Eye, so we need to choose something I'm else. I'm a sucker for Queer Eye, man. That show's awesome, dude. It's hey, really... look, there are a couple of those episodes that, like, like, tell me if you want. I mean, like, if you've seen a lot of them, and I've seen a, I've seen a good, a good few of them. Uh, there are some of those that are like they'll they'll get you. Oh yeah, they try to right. get me to cry at the end. But they, uh, they've got some great episodes. Some of them are terrible, and they suck, and they're filler episodes. Yeah, Just yeah. like. X Files even has those, so I don't hold it again. <laughs> right. Don't hold yeah. it again. Yeah. Yeah. X Files has those seasons. Well, I, I like that show because ah. it's, the, it's like the only show that I've ever seen where it's where instead of like we're gonna make over the woman and help the woman do like which is fine, it's awesome. It's like the only one where it's like we're just gonna take. Oh, really? This Did you ever watch dude. Beauty and the Geek? No, I never saw that one. I don't know what that's <laughs> that about. That shows. Oh boy. Straight eye for the clear guy. No, I never saw that one either. Yeah. Would they try that to like enough, straighten up yeah. the, the gay people? Yeah. A gay guy would get advice from like three or four straight That's, guys. Sounds super douchey. You it was really. Gym, you yeah, it sounds it like was, that would you know, go bad. It was the Comedy Central thing. It was really <laughs> top and douchey. And it was like, that was that was really early 2000s. Yeah. Yes, you, you hit the nail on the head with it. Yeah. No, I like that show because they're like, we're going to, like, yeah. Anyway, we don't have to talk about that show. Just um, the rise of K-pop or something? I don't know. Uh, pop school. Alex, what you got? Astrophysics. Don't say teeth. You don't say teeth. What did we say last week? Last week we had good ideas. What were we talking about? I don't know. We had several. Did we? Oh, well, we had... oh, oh, wait, 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 wait. Simulation theory. Yeah, simulation we theory? Do simulation oh, is, theory. It, is that the one where like this is all simulation? Like the Matrix? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. stuff like that. Simulation theory, uh, or, or or many, or maybe some something like many many world theory. You know, just uh, how about theory. we just we just say existential theories? Sure. Ooh. All right. Well, I'm only going to read about one of them. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's the what's the plural of paradise? Paradise. Uh, it's a single duck. <laughs> Wait. So, did you say paradox a single or paradise? duck? Just one duck. <laughs> this is dumb. Anyway, I think that that might be pretty cool to go through. You know, talk about, uh, like I said, simulation theory and then multiverse. Uh, talk about, uh, you know, different paradoxes like uh, Fermi paradox, things like that. Fun one. I love all that stuff, so I'm, I'm down. Um, hey. I like... Um. I like anything like theoretical physics, dark matter, dark energy, crap we don't know about that no one knows about that's out there and stuff. I don't know what you'd really say about it, but it just blows my mind. I want to state a lot of strong opinions on these things that I very loosely know 
just slight details on based on like. <laughs> Alex, we're gonna tune in next week. Yeah. Alex is gonna turn a camera on, and it's gonna be Neil deGrasse Tyson sitting in a chair with a gun to his head. <laughs> <laughs> just sweating. That's what it is. I've been waiting for this one for a while. And he's just going to be like, the blasters in Star Wars are totally unrealistic. <laughs> or whatever. Um, I I don't know what else to talk about. I watched the Walt Disney documentary last week. I, uh, I kind of like simulation theory, to be honest. I think it would be cool. Let's yeah. talk about that. I'll read up on it. All right. Tune in next week to hear us talk about simulation theory. I'm down. All right. I'm about that. Down to clown. Talk oh, to yeah. you guys next week. Have a good night, everybody. Week. All right. See you guys later. Bye. Bye-bye.